Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Isn't it an opportunity to be able to worship him? All of our hearts. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn together tonight, if you would, to Matthew chapter 24. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I think Brother Louis already mentioned it. Um, just a couple more services in this uh, building, and then we'll be over to um, Holiday Inn for however long till we can get our other place done. Um, I'm sure most of you have, have already been aware of it, but we're going to change the name from Happy Valley Church since we ain't going to be in Happy Valley no more. But I'm hoping that everybody will still remain happy in their valleys. And um, you'll have to forgive the preachers, probably especially me, because I'll probably still refer to you as Happy Valley people. So. But I thought about it for quite a bit and um, <clears throat> relocating over there. Of course, that's Buffalo Valley, and I really didn't want a church after that name. There's already a church of the Antichrist over there, so <clears throat> I didn't want it. So I got to looking and looking some different things in the Scripture, and I... I really liked the name of Word of Life Church, so that's what we'll be calling it. Actually, it's changed with the state now and all that sort of thing, so um, it's legally that. The bank accounts have been changed, so if you want to give offerings, tithes, things like that, you can start doing that to Word of Life Church. Some had already been, different ones have been asking about it, so just uh, let it be known. I hope now that it'll be <clears throat> with us like it was with Jacob. Jacob got his name changed. I mean, he soared like an eagle. So hopefully we're getting our name changed and it's just going to be a step higher. Oh, Brother Donnie, you mean when we get over there, we're not going to become cold and formal? You may be going to, but I ain't going to. <laughs> People scared to death, I reckon that somehow the Lord ain't going to show up with us, which don't make a lick of sense to me. Why would he not want to? Why would he not want to be with us and, and just come and grace us with his presence and heal us and do all these things? My goodness, if you'd be with me in some of the places I've been overseas, you'd realize whether it's under a tree, whether it's under a place that some of you wouldn't even go in, so filthy, and so nasty, you would realize the Lord God humbles himself Amen. to meet with his people. Amen. Why? Because where they are, that is the church. Amen. So I'm under great anticipation of myself just to see what's going to happen. Matthew chapter 24, verse uh, 3. And as he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? Now, he'd been talking to them about some events and prophecies that was going to happen. He was not clear to them to be able to understand it. So when they heard it, they were left in the dark. So they said, tell us, when shall these things be? So I want you to notice now what, what they asked. Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. Now they ask him three things. And it's actually three different 
dispensations, and he doesn't answer it exactly as if it, though it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And this is where people who study it many times get it confused. But Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Wow. So when will these things be, and when's the sign of the end time? And one of the first things he says is, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am anointed. Now don't get in your mind, it's going to be people saying, I'm Jesus. That's not what he said. He didn't say that, say, I'm Jesus. But I'm Christos, which is, I'm anointed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm anointed. Are they? Sure they are. That's part of the prophecy of the last day. And notice what they'll do, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. How many believes were there? How many like to be remembered as we pray? Also, Carol and I went to see Brother Homer Blanken and Sister Ruby, and he went to a doctor, and they have diagnosed our brother with, I guess it's myeloma, something like that. Um, they want him to come in immediately to begin treatments. And you know how that kind of a report can be, but we're asking God for his mercy to our brother that he would just help him. Would you just keep that on your heart? Those of you that have a need in your body, your home, whatever it is, it's just signified by the raising of your hand. Lord Jesus, we love you so much tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your grace to us. And Lord, as we've heard the songs of Zion tonight, truly we've come, Lord, not just to hear sermons, our brother told us, but we've come that the service would be complete. And we know it's not complete if we don't love you and worship you and praise and adore. We know that's the reason that we were made. Lord God, we pray tonight that you would help us that each of us, when we come together like this, we will do our part, for we know this is part of what we're called to do. And we're asking tonight in the name of Jesus that you'd speak to us from your word. Help us to see where we are in the end time that we can be ready. Father, remember those requests, those needs that we've made known to you tonight. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to turn that thing off because it's... It's making a racket. I ain't going to tolerate it. A lot of people don't really enjoy prophetic type of sermons because it causes you to think outside of your box. Um, a lot of Christians, even message believers, all they want to hear is about faith and miracles and encouragement and things like that, and I love that too. But much of God's Word is written about prophecy. 
And that is a very important thing to the Lord. And I believe, as well, I'm sure most of you believe likewise, that we are truly living in the last days. I think it's actually farther advanced than the last days. I think it's the last moments of time. I believe that we're so close and things are happening at such a rapid rate that by tomorrow morning, we could wake up in a total different world than what we're living in tonight. Because no doubt there's things that are happening every day in the world around us. We don't have a clue what's even going on. And it will be so fast by the mechanics of Satan that's working the way that he is that once it does arrive, the world will move into a global one world government in such a fast pace, it will take them as if it were the snap of a finger. Now, because it's been in the making for a long time, and we know that it cannot happen actually until the people themselves get in the spirit of the last days, which is what we've been talking about for quite some time, getting in the spirit. And we know that before the bride can ever go in a rapture, she also must get in a rapture anointing. Now, for me, I, I love to hear faiths and I love to hear the Bible stories and I love to hear different parts of the word, but I believe that we are living so close to that change and that life cycle. I also think we need to hear sermons that pertain to the rapture and to rapture building faith. Now in that, that does not leave out healing, it does not leave out miracles, it does not leave out any of that because divine healing is a down payment of the body change. And if we cannot believe in divine healing, how in the world can we believe in a rapture or a body change? I do, I believe in both, but I believe the body change is so much greater, of course, than divine healing, but if we can't have faith for that, how can we have faith for a body change itself? Now, listen to this in Israel and the church, and Brother Bram said, God's just now loosening up the church everywhere, getting in order now so he can get into the rapture, got to give it a rapturing faith before it can go in the rapture. So salvation faith is not enough. To believe that he died on the cross, that's not enough. Because if that's all you need, every denomination will go in the rapture. Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ, Presbyterian, every one of them will go in the rapture because for the most part, that's all a lot of them even preach is that he died on the cross and they believe that. Many of them believe it with all of their hearts and that's the only capacity that's been given to them to believe with. So if rapturing faith is just believing in the cross, then you don't need to preach nothing else. Just preach that every time we come to church and everybody that hears it and believes it will go on the rapture. But we believe there is more than just that alone. 
Now God did not reveal his word by increments or degrees moving from the dark ages up to Luther, then to Wesley, then to Pentecost, then come up to the end and revert right back to what Luther preached, the just shall live by faith. I mean, I'm not too smart, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That God is going to build and build and build and build and then the end time God is simply going to point us back to just preaching what happened 2,000 years ago and we're going to go in. Now, that, that, that doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I, I don't know too much about God, maybe as, as much as some of you all do, but I do know this. Every time for myself that God has ever moved on me, he's moved me to a higher call, a closer direction. God never has moved me backwards in this way. So it makes no sense to me that if God is going to move you from this ministry or whatever ministry that you're under, that God is not going to move you backwards and put you in a place to where you were 25 or 30 years ago. It doesn't make any sense because God is moving us higher and higher and higher. So if I was you, I would beware of anything that wants to take me backwards. Now, we believe in a Pentecostal move around this church. And we believe in an Acts 2 experience. But I'm not talking about a Laodicea experience of running and jumping. I'm talking about an original apostolic restoration back to the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? That's what I believe. Now, because we have two ages that are called by the same name, Pentecost, you can see why it's easy for people to get it confused. But by our hearts being restored back to the original faith, it does not mean we're going backwards. It means we're going to the beginning of where we come from. So it is an origination back to what God started himself. But God must get the people in the spirit for the rapture. Notice he said, the people are in the spirit of the last days. Just like they're in the days of Noah, they're eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, unconcerned. I want you to notice that Brother Branham places unconcerned in the same category as married, giving in marriage, drinking. Oh my goodness. You mean being unconcerned about church, unconcerned about one another, unconcerned about the work of God fits in the same category as these others? It sure does. Notice, and these American people is the worst on the face of the earth. Well, this is what a miracle you're going to be. You're, you are amongst the worst on the face of the earth. And yet from America, God chose to send his prophet. And from America, God has done many wonderful, great things. But we will be a rebuke to the most of the American people and also those who just play church around the message. Now, notice these American people is the worst on the face of the earth. Heady, high-minded, incontinent, fierce, despisers, know-it-all. Oh, my goodness. 
know-it-all. Wow, I don't want to be a know-it-all to you. No, sir. Now, notice again, he says, I believe the people are in the preparation of the last great destruction this world will ever know. I believe we're at the end. You could speak to people. You could pull a bit of gram in every city in the United States and they drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes and laugh at you. Everything's just the same. They're in the spirit of the last days. Now, notice why they must be here. God cannot send destruction before the people are in the spirit for destruction. Well, don't be surprised by people who are going to be in the spirit of murder and the spirit of destruction and the spirit of no tolerance. You know what really gets me about a lot of folks in this age that they're preaching tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. They're preaching it, but they ain't got none for nobody except they don't believe what they believe. Now, they want their own agenda and they want us to swallow their agenda. They want us to, you know, just to tolerate them and however they want to be and whatever they want to be identified as. And they say, well, you know, tolerate, tolerate us, tolerate us, tolerate us. And they want us to tolerate them, but they ain't got no tolerance for anybody that don't tolerate their tolerance. So you know what? God ain't got no tolerance for them that don't go around with his word neither. But we know that's the way it's going to be. And in case you're wondering, it's not going to be the sinner that's going to hold the line in the politics in the last day. And it's not going to be the right that is going to dominate in the last days. It will be the left that will dominate. It will be the left that will be a great controlling power at the end time because it will be the left that will lead the people into the spirit of destruction. Well, praise the Lord. Oh my, they so believe in the open borders and they just, you know, two million have come in and we're giving them free phones and giving them free this and that and the other until some of these folks are landed in their own hometowns. And then they're landed in their own hometowns and they let them stay for about 44 hours and then they got, got to get rid of them. Well, that's exactly the hypocrisy that will lead us up to the destruction of the last days. Come on, saints, say amen. Now, the prophet says it this way, they're in the spirit of the last days and God cannot send destruction before the people are in the spirit of destruction. God never did destroy anything. Man always destroys himself. Now, one of the things, of course, that existed in the antediluvian world, uh, the pre-Noahic times, was it was a time of great violence. And it was a time that they were, again, so intolerant. It was a time of a great man that raised up and wanted to be able to bring everybody under his dominion and his control. And it was a forerunning of the Antichrist in the last days. And, of course, you know that it was a Nimrod uh, to build a tower of Babel. And the tower of Babel was the first organized religion that was ever on the earth. It never did really amount to a whole lot like it would in the last days. It's sort of like the fourth beast that Daniel saw in chapter seven and chapter 10. It was also the little horn between the eyes. It will also be the same beast of Revelation 13 and the same one of Revelation 17, eight. And it will come in the last days in a power 
Lord that will be greater than it's ever been before. And the Lord Jesus wanted to warn the people. Now because of the way he said this, many people have run Matthew 24 and Luke 21 in the same thing and they placed all of these uh, passages of scripture right in the same time frame. And Jesus said it this way, pray that your flight be not in the winter. And woe to them that give suck in those days. Now the Lord Jesus broke this up in an increment of time and he's saying that for the people of Jerusalem because knowing that they would have to flee out of the city. So he said pray that your flight will not be in the winter. What difference does it make for the rapture to be in the winter or the summer? It ain't got nothing to do with the rapture but he was speaking to a different increment of time. Everybody understand? So the rapture will happen around the world. Now, there may be certain parts of the earth that it'll be wintertime. There may be other parts of the earth it'll be springtime or it'll be summertime. That doesn't have any effect on us at all because they're going to be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Now what's this in verse 7 as Jesus unveils this to us? He said, nation shall rise against nation. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom do we see it nation rising against nation now remember that this had already happened of course in the Old Testament but there is going to be such a magnification of it in the last days and especially with us being able to travel uh, you know in a jet plane and be able to move all types of equipment and thousands and thousands of armed forces it's never been this way before so they would have a war say in Armenia and the people that would have lived in other parts of the world they would have never even known anything about it there would have been a great revolt in Tasmania or there would have been something happen in Australia it might be a year or two or three before the other people of the earth ever even heard anything about it if they did but not so in our day in our day Putin could get up and he could threaten the United States as he did as he could threaten us with nuclear war as he has this week and he come right back and reiterate it again I am not bluffing but I am serious and he says it and in a matter of seconds we can hear it ourselves it was not existent of course in prior ages to this so nations would rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom notice in Jesus goes from the political power and he breaks it down to where the average people would be affected and he said there shall be famines famines I don't know if you read it this week or not, probably some of you did, but a top Russian official quotes Revelation 9, 18 and says this is fixing to happen to America. Now listen, an, an infidel nation don't even believe in God, but yet he quoted the book of Revelation, this was the scripture. And by these three was the third part of men killed, by the fire, by the smoke, and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. Can you imagine now a Russian official? And he said, it's overwhelming to me as a leader in Russia that the American leaders are not paying any attention to what we are saying. 
Now remember, Brother Bram tells us in recognizing your Danish message that Russia had just come to their place. Now that was in 1964. He said that they had recognized they had some brains too. Oh, no, I know, I know. Some of you are looking at the war in Ukraine and you're seeing Russia take a beating, and that's right. But just remember, this beating they're taking does not take them out of the prophecy and the word of God. That's right. Remember I told you not long ago that they've got a, this missile which has scared American leaders absolutely to death. And they named it Satan too. And they've got a new plane that is totally invisible apparently to radar and they named that plane the messenger. And their plans are to drop atomic bombs with the messenger. Brother Donnie, don't that scare you to death? No, it sure don't. Because my father's already dropped spiritual atomic bombs on my life by his church age messenger. So I ain't planning on being you. I'm going to be gone, changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Now, if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you better get shook up. I'm telling you that right now. But the, the Russian people looking at what you imagine the Bible, the Bible itself, and quoting that and saying the American people better wake up because this is fixing to what's happened to them. You know, even today, the, the president of Iran, of course, making threats about the United States, making threats about Russia, or about Israel, rather. And we know that Israel has already been flying secretive flights to the F-35s, which I don't know if you know it or not, but Israel actually helped them to develop that stealth bomber and they've already been taking secret flights in and out and they ain't made no bones about it. They've done made it public, which normally they don't do, but they've let it be known that they've been flying into Iran and flying back out. What is it? Nation rising against nation. And you shall hear about wars and rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars and there will also be famine. Now we know that it will be a natural famine, of course, but the Bible tells us it will also be a spiritual famine. And it's amazing the way that the prophet wrote that when he wrote it in the Old Testament. And he said there would be a famine in the last days, not for the preaching of the word, but a famine for the hearing of the word. There's more preaching right now than there's ever been. On, iPod, on iPads, podcasts, YouTube, you know, wherever, there's all kinds of preaching everywhere. But the famine is not just so much because we ain't got no preachers going on, but the famine is the people's ability to be able to hear and digest the word of God and be able to discern between all the false voices. And you would find the same thing in the message of the hour. You know that this man's the only one right and that man's the only one right. Well, when they're saying that, I'll go ahead and tell you right up front, they ain't right either. Because God ain't got no one man. There's only one man all the bride will listen to and that's the prophet of Malachi 4. Is that right? Now, I want, you, I want to share some things with you tonight, and I want to ask you, I want to put it to you in the form of a question. Jesus said there would be famines in the last days. Around nine million people die of hunger and hunger-related diseases every year. Now this is in our modern world. We're not talking about, you know, 1,500 years ago, 2,000 years ago, but in our modern world when we are wasting billions of dollars to spend, send spacecraft up there into the sky for what? We're wasting all kinds of money to do this and that and the other and nine million people 
Nine million people die of hunger every year. 25,000 human beings every single day. Famines. More people than die from AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis combined. Every 10 seconds, a child dies from hunger. So it's a few minutes after eight. Some of y'all came in around seven, some of you 7.30. How long have you been sitting here and every 10 seconds, a child has died somewhere from hunger? In our world, Brother Donnie, in our society, with all the great things and all the money that we've got, yeah, why? It's prophecy. Notice this, around the world, more than enough food is produced to feed the global population. But as many as 828 million people still go hungry. Up to 811 million people, about 10% of the world's population, regularly go to bed hungry. Wow. And how many times do we eat today? Famine. Famine. It's prophetically part of the sequence of events. And yet man has broke into so much stuff to how to be able to split an atom and be able to take machines. And I, I saw and read about it here not long ago. And Carol and I actually passed through the Navajo Indian Reservation out there where they're actually doing this. And that Israel had brought some of their machines because on the Navajo Reservation there's a very great shortage of water, drinking water. And Israel wanted to partnership up with the Navajo Indians. So they brought some of their machines and they set them up out there and they actually produced drinking water out of the air. What is oxygen? H2O. So they actually set these machines in different parts of the Navajo Indian Reservation and they pulled this drinking water right out of the air. And I thought, isn't that a crying shame? That Israel with all of their own needs and here our government spends all kind of money for this and that and the other. And I read just the other day where they spent so many million dollars on some type of study, several hundred million dollars on some type of a study on a frog and this frog has got a certain spot on its back and they're trying to figure out the cause of that spot well I've got some on my hands and some on my face wondering how much they want to pay me is this not the, the ignorance of men with people doing without food, people without a home to live in, people without proper clothes, and yet our government spends all kinds of this money to do this and that and the other. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. And people, children dying every 10 seconds around the world. Come Lord Jesus. Jesus mentioned another word, pestilence. COVID-19 worldwide, 6.5 million deaths since China reported its first cases 
to the WHO, World Health Organization, in December of 2019. Six and a half million people. In 2017, the flu epidemic, 61,000 deaths. 2013 to 2016, Ebola, worldwide, 11,323. 2009 to 2010, influenza A, H1N1, worldwide, 284,000 deaths. 1981, HIV AIDS, worldwide, 1981 to now, 35 million. Pestilence. And we've got some of the best doctors and some of the best medical centers and great equipment. Hey, I appreciate every bit of that, don't you? I'm so glad that God has allowed them to break into that. But friends, I'm telling you something. There's things coming upon the earth in the last days that's gonna make cancer look like a toothache. Look what, look what COVID did to us. Look how it paralyzed us. Look, our hospitals, our hospitals. I went to visit someone not long ago and on my way back to the room where they were, the hospital was totally full and there were people setting up, lined up and down the hallways and they had no beds to put them in and they were waiting and went just a week or so ago to visit another one and it was exactly the same way and I thought, Lord, if something terrible happened, what in the world would they do with them? If we go back into a strong flu season and another repeat of COVID again, what in the world are they gonna do? And yet we've got some of the greatest scientific this and that and the other. Why will they never overcome it? Thank God for what they can do. It is prophecy. Oh my. 1968 to 1970, Hong Kong flu. Worldwide, H3N2, 1.4 million deaths. 1957 to 1958, influenza A, H2N2, worldwide, 1 to 4 million deaths. Oh my, Brother Jerry Phillips told me several years ago that he could remember back in the 50s when this flu come through and living right around this area, down through here, and you would see coffins right here in this area, in Happy Valley, in Johnson City, in Elizabethton. There were so many people dying in this area and the funeral homes could not take care of them. And you would see coffins on the front porch, coffins out in the yard because there there were so many dying, they couldn't take care of them. Amen. Oh, but man thinks he's so smart, don't he? Oh, he's so intelligent and he's so great. You wait till the tribulation comes. I believe with all of my heart, we have entered into a phase of pre-tribulation calamity. Pre-tribulation sickness, disease, paranoia, fear. Brother, sister, you better get the Holy Ghost if you don't have it. Notice this, 1918 to 1922, typhoid, 2.5 million deaths. 1918, Spanish flu, H1N1, worldwide, 60 million. 60 million. And the epidemiologists are scared to death that this is gonna come back. So they found the remains of an individual, 
up in Alaska and was able to retrieve some of this to try to make a vaccine. Brother Donnie, you're scaring me to death. Well, I want to scare you and then I want to make you happy in Happy Valley. I want to tell you tonight, there's only one hope and that's the coming of the Lord Jesus. Well, I tell you, Brother Donnie, I'm waiting for the midterms. It don't make no difference who's going to win in the midterms. It's beyond redemption. Your political party ain't going to do it. Change presidents, it ain't going to do it. There's only one hope. Come, Lord Jesus. Encephalitis, 1915, worldwide, one and a half million deaths. Notice I'm talking about this in the last hundred years. 1899 to 1923, cholera, Europe, Africa, Asia, 800,000 deaths. Now Jesus says that there will be all these calamities that's gonna come on the earth. Why? It must be the forerunning of the great destruction. Jesus also mentioned that there will be earthquakes. Now, earthquakes certainly aren't something that's new. We know that they went from back into the Old Testament and they've been down through time for hundreds and hundreds of years, but it must mean a prophetic intensifying of these things. And as I said before, if a disease would have break out four or 500 years ago in Europe, well, they didn't have an airplane where you could step in Istanbul, you know, one morning and arrive in New York the next day. Uh, you could go fly out of Los Angeles and cross the international date line and you'd be able to arrive in New Zealand in 18 hours, whatever more. They could not travel like that. So it may be stayed in one part of the world, but not anymore. So a person can live leave China with COVID and arrive in Chicago, O'Hara, or New York, or LaGuardia, wherever it is, and they become a carrier which has now moved it from one continent to another. Can't you see these things could only happen at this rapid level in the last days? Now you know those of you that are familiar with the Black Death and the Babylonic Plague and all of that that went on. How that it came about, even transported of course on the back of rats and then it come through by the insects that were flying around and it would be traveled from one port to another by sailors. But in the day and the hour that we're living when we get so much of our stuff from you know where, and if China ever shuts down on us, I'm not sure what we'll eat or what we'll wear and they control our antibiotics. Well, that's what the investors have done too because they love money more than they love their country. Preach, Brother Donnie. Now, notice Jesus says then that there will be famine, there will be wars, nations will be against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Now, we could broaden on that, but just to save time. He says there will be earthquakes. Earthquakes, notice this. In the past 30 days, Three quakes above a magnitude of seven. Fourteen between the magnitude of six and seven. A hundred and twenty-seven 
between the magnitude of five and six. 1,183 between the magnitude of four and five. That's just in the last 30 days. 3,542 between the magnitude of three and four. 8,501 between the magnitude of two and three. 21,691 quakes below the magnitude of two where people normally feel them. This day, these scriptures are being fulfilled and you're here. Oh Lord have mercy. 21,000? Recent quakes above the magnitude of 3.0 worldwide. In the past 24 hours, and I got these stats today, in the past 24 hours, 152. The past seven days, 1,154. In the past 30 days, 4,869. In the past 90 days, 14,496. In the past year, 62,526 earthquakes. Come, Lord Jesus. And you know what gets me? People go right on and live as if though, well, whatever. You know, whatever. I've heard all that before. No, you ain't never heard this before because it ain't never happened this way before. Overdose deaths from fentanyl and other synthetic opioids hit another record in the United States. According to data from the health authorities, between February 2021, February 2022, almost 109,000 people lost their lives for this reason. They arrested a man this week who had enough fentanyl to kill 174,000 people. A police officer in a school in our state of Texas, died two weeks ago because he was going through some kids' school bags and they had fentanyl. The man did not take it. He did not swallow it. He simply handled it. He was dead the next day. Lord God, children, notice what Jesus says in verse eight. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And yet people just keep right on going. I mean, they're just doing whatever and just living as if though this thing's gonna go on for another thousand years. In the last three months, monsoon rains unleashed disastrous flooding in Bangladesh and brutal heat waves seared parts of South Asia and Europe. Europe is experiencing the hottest weather, the longest drought, and no rain that they've had for 500 years. Yeah, the great rivers in Germany. Oh my, the Rhine and different ones that they use for transport. They can't even use them now because the ships are dragging the bottoms. They have they've, uh, just found a Stonehenge in Spain that they didn't even know existed 
because the lakes and the rivers are so low. So we're burning up on one side of the earth and we're drowning on the other side of the earth. Oh my. Meanwhile, prolonged drought has left millions on the brink of famine in East Africa. Early in the summer, more than 2,000 people died in Spain and Portugal during a brutal heat wave and a catastrophic drought in Somalia has displaced more than one million people. In the first six months of the year, there were nine weather and climate disaster events in the United States with losses exceeding $1 billion including a tornado outbreak in Alabama, Florida, and Mississippi, March the 30th, and the ongoing drought in the western United States and southern plains. Several dangerous and destructive storms have also left dozens of Americans dead in late July. At least 38 people were killed in eastern Kentucky amid heavy flooding. These are the beginning of sorrows, and this it's while the blood of Jesus is still on the mercy seat. Pakistan is reeling from three months of heavy rains, which came after a prolonged period of heat in the spring. Flooding killed more than 1,400 people across the country during the summer and damaged or leveled more than one million homes including many that were swept away by the water. Some believe you can see it on YouTube. At least 162 bridges have been damaged. Pakistan's National Disaster Management Authority said more than 2,000 miles of roads washed away. You're aware of Puerto Rico just this week, right? The Caribbean, Dominican Republic, Look at it, come on the other side, hit Alaska in the north, and then from the Pacific side, come right up through Japan. It's on the west, it's on the east, it's on the north, it's on the south. Oh, think of it, children. Let's get ready to leave this world. Amen. It's not just buildings and infrastructure that have been destroyed. It's believed about 800,000 cattle died in the flooding. And much of the country's farmland is underwater, which is going to produce more water more famines, wiping out onion, rice, and corn crops. The western United States is experiencing a mega drought that is now in its 22nd year. In February, researchers published a study that found the region is the driest it has been in at least 1,200 years. Those of you that know about the West, and you know that the Indian tribes, the Anasazi and different ones that lived out through there, the, the Montezuma place where they go out there and they find it's just civilization that was there how many ever, hundreds and thousands of years ago. And all of a sudden, they just disappear. They disappear off the earth. Don't you realize? The great disappearance is fixing to happen again. It's going to happen again. But before the great annihilation comes, there will be a disappearance of many people over the face of the earth. It will not to be the Anasazi. It will not be the Navajo. It will not be of the Blackfoot or nothing like that. It will be the elect of God that will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And all of these things are the beginning of sorrows, but the end is not yet. Ah, this Lord Jesus. 
Luke 21, 7. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draws near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, commotions, look at what this word means, confusion, tumult, instability, a state of disorder, disturbance, and confusion. Detroit, Washington, D.C., Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Atlanta, Johnson City, Bristol, Kingsport. When ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilence, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Verse 25, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves Roaring storms, hurricanes. Oh my, but listen to this in verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. For most of you Christians that live a victorious life, you don't have to worry about getting drunk. You don't have to worry about getting an overdose on Adderall. You don't have to worry about getting an overdose of marijuana or fentanyl or something like that. You, you ain't gonna go that way. But for many of us, you know what it'll be? Just the cares of this life. Just work and families and society and relationships and, and friendships and just the cares. We, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. We just get so overwhelmed with the cares. Don't you understand? That's what Daniel prophesied and said that Satan would do in the last days. The part of the move in the last days would be that he would wear out the saints. Just wear you so thin that your patience is wore out. Your forgiveness is wore out. Everything you do is that, Lord, I just can't take it another day. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. For as a snare shall it come on the earth on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Oh, but this is my verse. I hope there's others in you and I'd say it's mine too. Watch ye therefore and pray at least twice a month. If that's as often as you're praying, you need to update to September 2022. Always. Pray always. Now notice what you're supposed to pray. This is the Lord Jesus telling us how to pray and what to ask for. Pray always that you may be accounted worthy 
to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Now notice, not that you'll be counted worthy because of your watchfulness or worthy because of your prayer, but worthy through the grace and the goodness of God. Oh my. Romans 8.20, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. I can say amen to that. But by the reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. The Lord God never asked us if he wanted to come this way. He subjected us into this order in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know the whole creation groaneth. And you imagine this is 2,000 years ago. How the earth as she's swept across with the typhoons on the west and the hurricanes on the east and the tornadoes and the storms and the drought and all the things that's going on the earth. The earth was not made to feel this way. I saw a documentary just the other day and they just found out recently and they've done some new type of radar where they've been able to shoot it from the satellites out that hang above the earth and they found ancient ruins of whales gigantic whale skeletons and all types of different animals or you say where in the Atlantic Ocean? In the Sahara Desert. And they found the footprint of a gigantic lake that was there. Oh, you imagine the Sahara is groaning and crying as the winds move across her and her dunes which stand hundreds and hundreds of feet high. But she's got it buried down beneath all that sand, the days of her former glory. Oh my, can you imagine the largest whale skeletons they've ever found on the earth? They found them there. They also found caves of ancient peoples and they found dinosaurs and they found cave markings on the wall of elephants and giraffes and all types of animals that live on the Sahara Desert. Yet now it comes thousands and thousands of miles about the size of the United States of America. But yet her image in the mind of God still exists. God never made her to be a desert like that and one day she will return to her Eden beauty. Praise be to God. Listen to me, you brothers and sisters that are getting up in years and you're losing your strength and you're losing your eyesight and you're losing your hair and you're losing this and that and the other. Remember that image of you as a young man or a young woman has never left the mind of God and he will bring you back to that spot just as sure as there's a God in heaven. Oh. Listen. The whole earth, the whole creation, groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves also, which are the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it. 
the redemption of our body. But I don't want to leave you with all bad news. There's some good news. Jesus is coming. Amen. Five red heifers arrived in Israel this week. Flown from the great state of Texas. The first time that they've had a red heifer in 2,000 years. There's only been nine red heifers that have existed since the days of Moses. But the Jews say the Messiah will offer the tenth one. Now, remember when we're talking about a red heifer, we're not talking about one that's a little bit red and a little bit white. These heifers must be inspected over and over again by a team of rabbis. And if they find one white hair, one black hair, one brown hair, one blonde hair, they are totally disqualified. But in these five, G-R-A-C-E-F-A-I-T-H-J-E-S-U-S, what is five? The number of grace. In these five heifers, not one hair has been found. Israel tried for years and years and years to breed the red heifer. Uh-huh. I mean, there's some of the greatest geneticists that there is in the world. And yet they were not able to do it. Isn't it amazing that the Gentiles are taking it back to the Jews? <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord! Brother, sister, we are here! Our time to leave this world is getting closer every day. Praise be to God. Rabbis flew from Israel and landed there in, in them. The Kohanim, of course the, the Jews, you know, they know which tribes that they, they come from. And the Kohanim are the ones that was the priest. And they fly there and they inspected all of that. And I seen a video today and here they were and they had arrived and these poor little dumb cows, of course, they didn't know what they'd done to a year old. And they're just standing out there running back and forth in these cages standing around and there were them Jews and they were standing there, you know how they do, they were just standing there doing this and going back and forth and worshiping, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And they're just going on. I thought, oh my. And here they are, they know. Remember, the priests must be sanctified by this way. And yet we know this red heifer that will be offered in that third temple. It is not even the temple of God. 
It is not the one the Messiah will build. It is going to be the house for the beast's power. And Satan will get inside of that. But they must make a union together with Rome. We'll get into it in a few weeks. They'll make a union with Rome and they cannot do it without the red heifer. What is it? The third temple institute. They've already got the priest garments already made. They've got the temple, much of the parts of the temple. It will go up in a matter of time. The walls are already pre-made and pre-cast. The gold is already there. The snuffers, all the bowls, everything is there. They are just waiting for the right place to build it on the temple mount. Oh, my. And if they're ready, what about a Gentile bride? How many wants to be ready to meet the Lord? Let's stand together. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and hearing this and reading some of the different comments about it, even of the, the Protestant theologians, the poor things are so blind. They, you know, they're, they're just thinking this is the greatest thing ever was. Well, I look at it and I think, well, yeah, it's a fulfilling of prophecy, but it sure ain't going to be to the good of Israel because they're going to join up with that thing. And we know, of course, them 10 horns on the beast of that scarlet and purple collar. And there are 10 dictators or 10 kings by which God will grant them the power to reign with the beast for one hour. And the Bible says they will hate the whore. They will hate her. They will join up with her. And God only joins them together as his temporary union. And when they join together, then God, the Bible says, God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. I read that yesterday, Brother Rob. I thought, my goodness, if God can do that to Gentile kings, if God can do that to dictators, can he do the same thing to children of God? If God can put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, and then the Bible said they will hate the whore and they will burn her with fire. And we know, of course, prophetically that the will be destroyed by atomic fire. And God will not let one of his prophetic words fall to the ground. You imagine for hundreds and hundreds of years, 2,000 years, since they've had a red heifer. And yet now here there are five of them. Five of them? My, it's a great, great treasure. They had to come through the government. America does not allow cattle to come across. Israel does not allow cattle to come in. So they had to deal with the American government. They had to deal with the Israeli government. Then they had to fly them over. They had to go through all that sort of thing. And that is only a thing that will be fulfilled on really the negative side of the temple. Whenever the beast power will coordinate it somehow with the Muslims and they'll be able to build it there and when they do, then Satan will sit in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. But don't worry, little children. You'll done be enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise the Lord Jesus. Pray you therefore always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Pestilence. Storms, earthquakes, pre-tribulation. Oh my. Well, I believe we're working under a pre-rapture anointing. I'm not sure what y'all are expecting for the future. I'm expecting to see our God move in a way that we've never seen him move before. Yep, Brother Bam said we're all longing for these apostolic times, perfect faith, 1963. He said we see them but we want to see more of them. More of them. So it'll prove us? No. So it'll prove him. And because we need it. 
Hey, people think we don't need divine healing. My goodness, we got more sick folk than we've ever had. We need miracles, we need healing, is that right? How many needs a touch from the Lord? And your body and your soul. Well, look at all the needs among us here tonight. We need a living God among us. Oh, sure, this is sad and this is difficult. Yes, it is, but I'm not pointing you to some famine somewhere. It breaks my heart to think about such things. I'm pointing you to a body-changing sermon. I'm pointing you to a resurrection time and the same Holy Ghost that lives in your body tonight one day will sweep over you and you'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's bow our heads together. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, what a sad world we live in. Lord, I've walked many of those countries and seen in those third world countries the little children and the little bellies all swollen, standing on the sides of the road begging just for something to eat. Flies blowing their mouths and around their ears and eyes. And Lord, it makes it so hard when I sit down to eat. I can't hardly stand the thoughts of throwing food away. Having seen that people around the world, what they'd give just for our leftovers. Lord Jesus, forgive us for our slothfulness, Father. And our wastefulness as Americans. I painted a very gloomy picture tonight. It's very sad. It's very heartbreaking. And yet, this is not the worst. What I've read here tonight is current and ongoing. What it'll be when the mercy seat, the blood is removed from it, and the sanctuary becomes smoky. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us tonight, Father. Lord God, feed us on rapturing words, rapturing diet. Increase our faith, increase our trust. We love you, Lord God. We can see around us the increase of violence and hatred and intolerance. Oh, Jesus, fill us with your love. Lord, what I read to them about what the prophet said about Americans, they're the worst of all. Lord Jesus, get a hold to some Americans. I believe there's some right here in this building tonight. Oh, they may be American by nationality, but their seed gene is not from America, but from the presence of God. We may live in this nation. We may have to fight its own evil spirits, but we're not identified by those things that he said. We're not know-it-alls, we're not smart alecks. We're bride. We love you, we love one another. We even love the sinner. We love those who would laugh at us and make fun of us, Lord. Oh, Jesus, help us. Lord, soon cometh the earthquake and we'll take them all away. It won't be too many more settings of the sun We know the sixth seal opens with a great earthquake. We know in the resurrection, the Bible tells us that whenever you 
arose. That was an earthquake. And many of the bodies of the saints that slept arose. Could it be the bride's resurrection and rapture will be typed in sequence of the great earthquake? Because this is one reason why they'll miss it. Oh, Lord God. We don't know exactly the time. We don't know exactly the day or the moment. But we know one thing. We want to be ready. If we go by the way of the grave, when we close our eyes for the last time, our heart beats for the last time. The respiration is gone. The blood pressure goes down. And the doctor says he's gone. Or she's gone. We want to know, Lord God, that we've made peace with you. We can be like our sister Brown was not so long ago when she must have looked beyond the curtain of time and said, wow, praise the Lord. What did the eyes of our precious sister see? Oh, Jesus, if we're alive and remain, we want to be ready. We don't want nothing to hinder us, Lord. Forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us of our mistakes. And we also want to forgive others. Lord God, I forgive those who've trespassed against me. I forgive those who've caused me harm. I forgive those, Lord God, that would love to destroy us and destroy our church, our message. May you grant them mercy. We want nothing between us and our Savior. Oh, Lord, may we sit in the presence of the Son of Man and may we ripen to the image of golden grain. Grant it, I pray, Father. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your name tonight, Father. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of the S-O-N? Maybe you've got a little greenness in your spirit. Maybe a little greenness in your attitude towards somebody. While we're in the presence of the sun, may you feel them warm rays of the word of the hour, the message of the end time. May it bake that attitude out of you that's not like Jesus. Oh, children, you don't want to be left behind. I know, I know you think I've, I've preached terrible things tonight, but believe me, what I've told you tonight is so mild compared to what awaits for our nation. Can you imagine in the seventh vision when the prophet turns and sees our nation? It's nothing but smoldering heaps and ashes. And before that ever takes place, the earthquake will come. The tidal wave will shoot plumb down to the Salton Sea. A great chunk of the earth, 1,500 miles long, three to four hundred miles wide a chunk of it will fall off go plumb down to the Salton Sea it will cause such tidal waves that he told Tampa in 1964 that one day the waters would be up on their side and the tidal waves would shoot plumb back to Kentucky you imagine when the west coast breaks off It'll go to Asia, Europe, Asia Minor. It'll go around the world in a matter of hours. 
and the tidal waves will be so effective that the bodies of the water are tied together that it'll come plumb back to Kentucky. Hide me, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hide me, Lord God. There's no bomb shelter we could build that would hide us. There's no airplane. There's no rocket. There's no place we could go. Only in you, Lord Jesus. Help us, I pray tonight, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Lord God, in the name of Jesus, may you minister to every heart tonight, Lord. Saints, if there's anything in between you and the Lord, you and anybody else, why don't you just stand there, Lord, just forgive me. Lord, if I've been slothful, I'm sorry. Lord, if I've got anything between me and you, I'm gonna pick up, Lord. I wanna straighten up, I don't want nothing in my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord God, I worship you tonight, Father. Hide us, Lord Jesus. Let the death angel pass over us, Father. Lord God, they know the last plague to strike is going to be spiritual death. We see it around everywhere. Keep us, Lord Jesus. Keep us by your grace and your mercy, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Father. We bless your name tonight, Lord God. Can we just raise our hands, saints, in the presence of the Lord? Just, just talk it over with him there. Not so much the person standing by you, your wife, your children, your husband, whoever it is. I want you to just focus on you right now for a few minutes. I know many of you have heard the end time preach since you was children. And you've seen many prophecies, no doubt, fulfill. But we're living in a day when it's happening at such a rapid rate. It's, it's nearly impossible to keep up with it of what we know, but that's what we don't. Oh, let's be ready. Let's be ready. Oh, Jesus, Father, help us tonight, Lord. Lord God, manifest yourself among us. Father, we want rapturing faith, and we know we must have the faith that can believe you to heal our bodies first. Oh, Jesus, may your great power, I pray, touch the sick, touch the wounded in their spirit. As Brother Joel said earlier, Lord, maybe packing burdens, packing things there, Lord, that they've held for years. Oh, Jesus, bring healing tonight, Lord. Draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Let the world around me fade away. Oh, Jesus, draw me close. I decide. To worship and obey Jesus, draw me close Closer, Lord, 
like the new again? Well, it wasn't long ago when my heart was glowing. Every new day was a challenge. Indifference turned me cold, made me stale, made them old. Now I've lost that happy song I used to sing. It seems that I forgot the most important thing.
praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That means this your confession tonight. You're not only going to pray, therefore, that you'll be accounted worthy, but by the grace of God, you're going to be there. Yeah. You're going to be there by His grace and mercy. If there's anything wrong, He's going to reveal it to you, and you're going to make it right, because you want that more than anything else in this world. I believe our Lord has made a way that we can live that kind of life and walk that kind, don't you? Didn't I walk on the water? Didn't I tell you I do all that? Let's sing this together. Oh, praise the Lord. I mean, glad to be in the house of God. Isn't it such a privilege to be able to worship Him? <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I kneel in the darkness, God bless you, saints. Love in you, Lord. the middle of the night, I'm praying for assurance. Everything's gonna be alright. Lord, I see another battle. It's out in front of me, and I'm afraid I won't be able. And I'll go down in defeat.
Can you find that God is good all the time? Certainly good to be in church tonight, was it not? Amen. Let's just remember the services this weekend. Let's sing this together as we go tonight. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. In the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. Step by that is 
God is good.